Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, we are considering heritage to help us focus our growth work with compassion. tricky to talk about heritage and culture in the current climate, but I'm going to try to. I did an episode recently called Who Do You Think You Are? And I think this voice pops up within me a little bit to say, Nikki, who do you think you are? To talk about race and culture. Because to most people, if you look at me, I just look like a white woman. And I am. I was trained in multiculturalism during my master's program to become a counselor by a former Black Panther, Dr. Watson, at the University of New Orleans. It was one of my favorite classes, one that opened my eyes to race and to culture and to heritage. I had always felt a lot of racial tension growing up in southern Louisiana. And I was always interested and fascinated by the aspects that I heard around me and by also what I felt as a young person. I've been really proud and enriched and honored to have one of the most multicultural practices of any therapist I've known. And I, I hope I'll be able to explain how that's happened and why I love it so much through this episode. I think America loses a lot when we think of race and culture in these very limited black and white terms psychologically, we talk about things not being black or white, all or nothing. I think it's really interesting that in our American society, we have a real kind of black-white tension because I think it's so much more nuanced than that. And I hope by talking about this today, I can make sense of this. Thank you for some grace as it might be a little messy. I am half Sicilian. I can talk about that on another day. That certainly has some cultural importance for me. It matters in ways in how I express with my hands 
maybe my passions for food. But that also comes from the culture of being a New Orleanian. The other side of my family was a kind of mixed, but a French and German. My grandmother spoke both, and I think she leaned German. So, but anyone that we're talking about heritage in America, we're talking about immigrants. So I'm not sure when I think about my grandmother, how much of that is very German. Hello, people in Germany. We definitely have some German listeners. Hello, hello, hello. I don't know how much of my grandmother is German and how much of my grandmother is of German immigrant to America. Because I, in working with people from many, many cultures, there are some similarities across cultures in people that immigrated here. There's usually a really strong work ethic because it takes a really strong work ethic, I think, to have gotten from another country all the way through to America to have immigrated. So a lot of the messaging from my grandmother that was 100% well-intentioned was that I could never sit still. If I stopped cleaning something, if I stopped organizing something, if I stopped doing homework or reading, my grandmother would often look at me and say, what are you doing? And just in those little words, what are you doing? It wasn't, hey, what are you doing? Share this with me. It was, you're not doing enough. Why aren't you doing something productive? So this message from my grandmother that also I believe comes from the cultural experience of surviving the Great Depression. She wanted to instill in me that to save my life, because I think it saved her life, I had to be a hard worker. And in many ways, it has saved my life. In other ways, it taught my nervous system that I could never be still, I could never relax, and I could never slow down. So in my own healing path, I've had to very much sit back and look at where did these messages come from? And are these messages still true for me? And how can I do the healing in my time on this planet that maybe my grandmother didn't get to do? And sometimes we avoid this kind of awareness because that's sad. And early in my recovery, that made me very sad to know that my Grammy got to the end of her life and she had never realized how to be still with herself, how to sit back and just enjoy And this might sound a little hippy-dippy and far out to some of you. My grandmother died of a brain tumor. Very young. Her physical body was very strong. She hit 70 and she went, from every modality that I've studied, from this place, my wisdom tells me that was because she overthought so much. She never slowed down. This has helped me to understand my culture, my Louisiana culture, My Italian culture that makes me loud and talk with my hands and that means someone who's from a different culture may think I'm screaming or shouting when I'm just passionately expressing. Understanding that heritage from my grandmother of that kind of hard-nosed work ethic, you work for your value. And so many of us who had parents that had their own trauma and grandparents who had their own trauma, we learn a performance-based self-worth. So as long as we are performing and doing, we feel worthwhile. 
But when it comes time to, oh, I need to sit and be still, we don't know how to do it. We're coming out of our skin. That keeps our nervous systems in, a, in an adrenaline state. Those of you who struggle with your weight, your bodies are constantly dealing with the cortisol of that reaction. So these ways that other generations and other cultures processed and figured out the best way that they could figure out how to be. When we evaluate these messages, it gives us a lot of information on our own healing path. How that this has helped me as a healer is it's given me another lens. So when I work with someone, I try to pick up on directly and indirectly, what is their heritage? Not just their race. When we're talking race, we're talking physical characteristics, bone structure, skin, hair, eye color, skin color. When we're talking ethnicity, we're talking nationality, ancestry, regional culture, language, food, architecture styles. When I put this lens on to help my clients learn about themselves and figure out their healing path, often it gives us a very strong clarity. So I'm hoping in my maybe messy discussion on this topic, it's opening some doors in your own consciousness about, hmm, what have I been taught? What have I soaked up? When I've worked with other people who have uh, Germans in their background, German immigrants, often this rings true. I can see the similarity of, ooh, you are such a hard worker, you are such a doer, but you really don't know how to be with yourself in some stillness, do you? And because I'm not sold on that being a German thing per se, I think it's more of an American immigrant dynamic. I've seen that same struggle through different Asian clients I think the term that most of us know right now is like tiger mom, right? This hard work, do good in school, no matter what, very performance-based self-worth. And for a highly sensitive person, wow, does that fry us. It exhausts us. And that sets us up to then go into jobs and to have bosses who also exploit that. This American culture of being workaholics and glorifying that. We start to get some clarity on what's driving this inability to sit still. When you add in a modern factor of technology and having this phone attached to our hips, it means anytime you're having to stand in line, which without that phone would be a beautiful practice point of, I can be still now. I can breathe. I can be with myself. Instead, we either stand in line And think about our to-do list. I need to do this. 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 Keeping that nervous system on. Go, 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 go. Or we rip that phone out of our pocket and we just scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. Keeping the brain going and going and going and going. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions, we need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health, 
and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment. There's so much value in understanding the different cultures we've all been in. I wonder what your cultures are. Some of you are wasps of white Anglo-Saxon people. That's what that stands for. Whenever I've had relationships with wasp men, I've recognized that that Italian kind of loud moving my hands piece is kind of strange for them. So even in terms of dating, there's some clarity when we understand our cultural heritage and background. It might explain some of where our puzzle pieces don't quite meet or why we have some struggle because we have some different lenses that we're all coming to the table with. I would say part of my Southern culture has taught me some things about food that I'm only seeing now that I am with someone who was raised in New York. Southerners, you might laugh at this, but if you're in the kitchen, if I'm in the kitchen cooking something, Chris will often come in the kitchen and get a little snack. Man, I know Southerners, if you would go in the kitchen while your mama or your grandmother was making some food, you'd get walloped with a spoon, wouldn't you? Not allowed to eat. That's considered very rude. So I've caught myself having that cultured response and have to really dig deep and go, what is that? Why, why am I feeling irritated that someone's coming into the kitchen and getting a snack? I very much believe in meeting your needs as you need to. Why does that hit me that way? Oh, Southern culture. So there's lots of ways to peel this onion and to bring more understanding from regionally where you are in the world. If you've lived in a place that has had a lot of more recent war in its history, what that does to culture. Maybe your culture is one that's developed in modern times where you eat fast food. And that might be the sort of food culture of your family at this day and time. You may be trying very hard to cultivate a different culture within your own smaller family or within yourself about your relationship to food and healthiness and wellness. So on this messy all over the place episode of considering heritage to help us focus our growth work. I implore you to consider your cultural factors, your regional factors, the food culture, whether you talk and express and get loud with each other, the the culture of how you speak and talk and interact, or whether the culture is to stuff it and look stoic. Maybe your family values going with the flow so much that you need to cultivate more of a culture of structure. So I hope this episode opens you up to maybe some aha moments, to some considerations, to maybe connecting some dots. I think it's a very useful lens when we have friction in relationships about what possibly might be going on there, even when we can't put our finger on it. What did you inherit emotionally? What did you inherit from your town? Maybe from your church? What have you inherited in terms of coping and strategy? What have you inherited that maybe needs examination politically? What have you inherited in terms of a spending relationship with money and stuff and things? What did you inherit about eating and food? What did you inherit about being the same? What did you inherit about being different and changing? What did you inherit about 
judging yourself and others. If you would like to ask some questions about your own heritage, your culture, in the next live Q&A on Patreon, I would love to dive more deeply into that. I work with many first-generation Americans, first or second, to help understand what those pressures from people immigrating to America from all different places and how to really find some messaging for the self that really works for who you are, who you want to be, and where you see your growth work needing to go. If you would like to be part of that next live Q&A, please come find us at patreon.com backslash emotional badass. I'm going to put out another video as soon as we hit 75 and our next goal is 100. And when we hit 100, I'm going to give away a free session. All Patreon members are eligible. So if you give a dollar on up, you will be put into that drawing. It's one of the funnest things of the new ways that I work that I can sort of give in this way and connect to people in some new and interesting ways. If you would like to do some boundaries work, where I do get a little bit into some cultural issues, I do touch on some of this information in Guided Intuitive Soul Care, the boundaries course that's happening in October. I know that seems like a long time away, but we're going to blink and it's going to be here. The code for that to be able to get that course for last year's price is early bird 19 all caps, early bird 19 You can go to my website or you can find my website through emotionalbadass.com and sign up for that. For every 10 people who sign up, I will also give a free session to one out of those 10 people. I'm going to do that through July. So for those of you who sign up early, you're getting a discount bonus. You're also going into very a 10% chance of getting a free session with me. And that's kind of a thank you for signing up so early and helping me plan. Boundaries work is first and foremost about the work that we do with ourselves and the messaging that we change within ourselves. Until we get straight with ourselves, it's very difficult to get straight in a relationship. So if boundaries work resonates with you, I'd love to see you sign up and come do some work with me there. All the information is online. I want to do some Patreon shout outs. Thank you, patrons, for supporting the show, for being the backbone of this production and all that it costs to edit and produce and have studio time and equipment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank Tiffany. Thank you for being a Patreon supporter. Gantel. Thank you. Lynn. Thank you so much. Missy. And Nicole Ruffo, thank you so, so much for being Patreon supporters and producers of the show. I hope you love the additional content we're doing there. The questions y'all asked in last month's live Q&A, I love them. Please keep them coming. Thank you so much for doing this work, for being seekers in the world that are putting into priority your own self-care and growth. When we do that, each person, one by one, we are changing our own worlds getting them healthier and brighter, and we are changing the world at large. We are being the change in the world. It's powerful. And you are showing everyone in your world the brave courage that it takes 
to really face yourself and change and grow. That's how we change other people, by modeling that change is possible, it's valuable, it's achievable, and it pays off. You can see it in the light in how we feel and in our faces. And I know that you can feel it in your own heart when you are walking the path of truly deeply taking care of yourself. Thank you for being part of the massive butterfly effect that the world so much needs right now. This healing stuff is serious business. I think it changes us on a cellular level. And I am feeling and seeing that change in the bigger world at large. I know it's easy to feel bogged down by the heaviness and the darkness out there. Don't believe it. Believe in the power of your tribe. Man, I love this tribe. I can't wait to see y'all next time. Got some fun stuff coming. Stay tuned. Take care of yourself and enjoy this new lens of understanding maybe more of your own heritage and that of those of the people around you. I hope it brings more light and liveliness on the healing path. Till next time, I'm an emotional badass. You are an emotional badass. And together, we are where Moxie meets Mindful. Bye-bye. find it hard to sleep at night then the sleep cove podcast can help you hi i'm christopher fitton the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind sleep cove sleep cove features sleep hypnosis meditations and bedtime stories all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep search for sleep cove on apple podcasts or spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long.